Ectoplasm Advent Calendar Day 23, The Broken World by Tim Etchells. I hope I'm pronouncing his surname right. So I'm talking about this partly because I'm part way through it and, and Rhiannon Laster, who's been on this podcast a few times in the past, let me the book um, months ago and every now and again she prods me and say, how are you getting on with the book, Ralph? Well, um, I'm going to make an effort to finish it, but it is worth talking about up to the point that I have read it. And um, before I talk about that, though, um, Tim Etchells is... Something that surprised me about Tim Etchells is that uh, he is a mainly a visual artist, I think. I, I, his, I think his bio is, you know, he's, a, he's an author and a visual artist. And if you look at timetchells.com, a lot of it is about his art installations, which is interesting. So what can I say about The Broken World? Well, it's it's written like a video game FAQ or a walkthrough. Um, and it's kind of stream of consciousness. And the point where I got to, it was the character progressing through um, town after town. I think it's town rather than worlds as the staging posts and noting the various threats that there are in the towns in a sort of very matter-of-fact way, in a way that says, well, actually, the there's no real threat here apart from to the video game character, which is always interesting to me in terms of, you know, the perception of threat. I mean, I, I talked at length about uh, in the secret history of the sword about the perception of threat and how that changes how one fights. And I think this is no different. Um, now, I know that the novel includes bits of the real world and then bits of this alternate reality. And and people from our world going into alternative realities or being transported to magical worlds and playing protagonists in those worlds, you know, like in uh, Narnia or um, Guy Gabriel Kay's The Fionnivar Tapestry um, or indeed uh, Stephen Donaldson's books and uh, the um, or Thomas Covenant, which I never really got on with. Um, that isn't particularly exciting. I think it was interesting in The Matrix because of the wider implications of why everyone was being imprisoned and the and the Gnostic implications. But here we have a world which people from our world voluntarily go into to escape. And we have a point of view character, a first person narrator telling you how to survive in this world. And that's the premise. I must admit, I found it slightly hard going right at the start because it's um, because I was trying to get a handle on what the character was actually saying, and a lot of it was like, "Do this, do that, do this, watch out for that." I think I need to read it from right from the start again to actually get into the flow of it. So I can't give you any spoilers, of course, because I haven't read enough of it. What I wanted to talk about was character escapism and people playing other people in a video game. It's not sort of the Matrix where you go into a video game to be a superhero to fight against the bad guys. It's kind of you, you voluntarily go into this world to be a different person and to explore. The Ryan Reynolds film Free Guy uh, does exactly this, although our point of view character is an artificial intelligence, but we have other people who are playing characters in the world. And I like that as an idea about the sort of the relationship of the person, the, you know, the, the, the human at the end of the of the human controlling the avatar, you know, playing that character who is playing another character who has specific tasks to get done and probably approaches the game as a set of risks and rewards 
um, that may or may not have consequence in the real world. They don't have life or death consequence in the same way that you would have if you were actually in that world and you're a person in that world. And of course, you have the whole thing about the friction between the player and the player's character and who they are playing and, and how that character relates to other people. Another example of this is Dream Park, which was um, a set of three novels, I think, Niven and Barnes, and it was turned into a role-playing game by Talsorian. And I thought about using that to play a sort of um, a role-playing game about a bunch of LARPers. So you have the uh, the human persona, and then you have the layer on top of that that's their LARPing character, and to see how that would work. I do think, actually, Dream Park is not a bad little system. The way it um, sets up a what would be a LARPing environment. And, of course, because you know that all these characters are artificial and you're playing a game, then it doesn't matter if hit points don't really make sense in this world. What matters is hit points are a thing that you need to overcome in order to go to the next stage. The other example of this I thought about, you know, thinking about characters escaping from stuff, is Christopher Priest's The Affirmation, which is uh, one of his many Dream Archipelago novels. In that one, you have you have a point of view character who's experiencing life as a lottery winner somewhere in the Dream Archipelago, who has won the lottery to have um, basically immortality conferred upon them. But the catch is that um, the process of making them immortal robs them of their memories, and so they need to have those rebuilt. And so you've got this whole question about, well, what are they remembering and what is real? And at the same time, you know that this person is being dreamt of by a person in our world who is supposedly who is supposedly renovating somebody's cottage whilst they're between jobs or on a gap year or something like that. And um, they have these ambitions that whilst they're renovating the cottage, they'll also be writing their novel. And at some point you get a, a third party, well, I think it's the, the owners or the owner's friends coming and checking up on them and finding that no work has been done. And this person has been basically daydreaming about the dream archipelago all this time. And there's plenty of opportunities for real world characters to bleed into the fantasy characters as well. The thing about how you could make that a role playing game, I guess you'd start with something like connections between people that are the basis of their real world relationships and then you have those as a sort of uh, one layer of the game maybe use something like drama system because that's good for its its system of connecting people together and, and scenes but then you have a layer on top of that which is the um, fantasy larpy world stuff the thing that you can do though is have the real world relationships as written down on the uh, relationship map, you know, using drama system, health folk, that sort of thing, and then have that system where you, you know, you you have dramatic scenes where one side discusses things with another side, and there's a token exchange as a result of it, and you have those actually played out as part of the action scenes in the LARP, because the characters can't fully separate themselves, so you find out a it might be fun to say have a uh, two players who who in real life they have a bit of tension a bit of um, a, a bit of history going on you play out this dungeon crawl with them and the things that they do actually 
affect the players, not the characters, the the players in a metagaming context, which is strange because then it becomes a metagame about a metagame. <laughs> okay. I think just to round this off, I talked about escapism. Um, a lot of the fiction that we have are characters picked up and dumped into other worlds into dangerous situations. They don't go voluntarily, or they don't often go voluntarily, whereas... I mean, yeah, maybe the children in Narnia. Whereas... Um, we are specifically talking about people who vol who are voluntarily going into another constructed world. And that world has been constructed by other people. The thing that you could have in this constructed world that your players and their, their player characters and their player characters' player characters are choosing to go into also can have a lot of non-player characters who are uh, they appear on the surface being artificial, but actually they're other people. They are representative of the dev team or various other people in the corporation, which is behind the um, you know massively multiplayer RPG. Okay, I've waffled for long enough. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Exciting. But I guess we need to open the penultimate window. So here we go. Oh, it's a bunch of hobgoblin teeth. I haven't seen those for ages. All right. See you for the last one tomorrow. Bye-bye. Fictoplasm Podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Find out more at fictoplasm.net. Fictoplasm.